The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N. B-E-T, state restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head over to store.sportsgamblypodcast.com. Use the promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you asked me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb talking racing things is what we do it is the sports gambling podcast network's own nascar gambling podcast he's cody zeeb I'm Rod Gomez. For those of you watching on YouTube, no, we did not sleep in our clothes and wake up the next day in them. Yeah, we are recording a doubleheader, so you are watching us uh, back to back. Yeah, we kn- I took my sweatshirt off, so technically it looks like I'm in different clothes. Oh, look at you. Well, fine. <laughs> I slept in my clothes last night and woke up the next day in them. Uh, I forgot to even consider the fact that we're taping this uh, on, a, on a back-to-back basis. My bad. I'm very, very much used to the audio world. I'm still getting used to being on video, but uh, yeah. So make fun of me in the comments for wearing the same shirt two days in a row, but I'm not. <laughs> I will make sure to go back and comment on this video and make fun of you. <laughs> Cody, you do that anyways. You text me and make fun yeah, of me. So it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a bully. I just make fun of you all the time. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we are talking racing things. We are talking Cup Series today. Uh, yes, we just taped the Xfinity Series episode, uh, but we are definitely back to back now. We had to wait for the odds to drop for the Xfinity, as we told you yesterday. So, um, unfortunately, if you're watching this and you are just a Cup Series viewer, um, we definitely uh, did a go over the Xfinity Series earlier and uh, and had a good time with that. So make sure you go back, check that out in the feed. And of course, uh, keep an eye open for everything else we got going on because we are going to be doing DFS later this week. We will do a live show. Uh, spoiler alert for you guys out there. We'll do a live show. We'll do another mailbag episode as we'd done uh, a couple of weeks ago. We, we had fun with that. And now because no truck series, we will be able to do another one of those this week as well. Yes, I, uh, I'm i so excited for this race, Rod. It's going to be a preview of the championship race, right? We talked about that with Xfinity. Uh, this is the track where they will decide the championship in the fall. Uh, and so beware, right? <laughs> some of these teams might be trying some stuff out. Uh, I know Kevin Harvick, uh, Bob Pockers talked to him earlier this week, and he said that his focus is going to be on the short track package. 
for Phoenix this weekend and not the potential of what could be good for the championship race in Phoenix. Of course, that's what he says. Now, if that ends up being the case, you never know. But um, yeah, so it, uh, it's going to be interesting. And, and just a note, too, they did change the short track package. Last season was a bit of a struggle early on for the short tracks. It, it was very uh, tough, <laughs> to, to say the least. But uh, so they changed the they cut the spoiler length uh, down by two inches, uh, and basically, so they've got that diff- diffuser that goes underneath the car that that's been quite a big deal. Uh, they removed three of the diffuser stakes, I think they're called. Uh, strakes. Res- it's strakes. Stre- is it strakes? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I, yeah. I, I I thought the same thing. I was like stakes, and then it was an R in there somewhere. So okay. Well, strakes. that makes a little more sense. I was like, I was kind of the state. Whatever. If it's just a stake in there, I don't know. But anyway, I don't I don't know all this technical garbage. <laughs> but it'll result in a thirty percent reduction in downforce. So the biggest question, I guess, is how much does this change things? Does it, you know, how much can we rely on what we saw last season? Uh, <laughs> you go back to last season, a Ford's just completely owned Phoenix both times we were here, right? Chase Briscoe wins in the spring. Uh, Joey Logano wins in the fall. Ryan Blaney has the best car in the fall. Like. This was a Ford-dominated track, but then we've got the new bodies this season. Ford has struggled massively early in the season. It's been very, very rough. Chevy's been the only one that's been in victory lane, other than Toyota back at the Coliseum in the exhibition race. Uh, And so there is a lot of questions going into this. There is a longer practice here than there is pretty much any other race, uh, which I think is in part due to... uh, both the fact that this is going to be the championship race right in the fall and due to the fact that there is these package changes. So I believe it's a 90 minute practice session that they're going to get on Friday evening, uh, six 30 ish timeframe for that on the East coast. Um, so there will be definitely want to be in the discord. If you're not in there with us, um, that's where we, we talk about these things and, and, you know, after practice, after we see what's going on there, we might have a better idea I think that we've got some really good bets and some stuff that maybe you need to get on early anyways, um, as you're going to see with the first one I give out, because that's already changed quite a bit since it dropped, but uh, another reason to be in the Discord. But but I think there is going to be a lot maybe answered in that practice session, and maybe we will start to see where guys are at and who's got what and maybe what to expect a little bit more for Sunday. But a lot of unanswered questions as far as what this is going to look like based on the things that have changed with between when we were here last season for both races and what we have seen so far this season plus the changes going to be a lot of a lot of different stuff this this race and this is our first quote unquote short track as we talked about in the Xfinity show yesterday slash a few minutes ago <laughs> uh <laughs> it's right we've we've cut up half mile off each track it started at Daytona then we went to Auto Club now in the Vegas now we're here at Phoenix at, at the 1 mile track Yep, and we're just going to keep getting shorter from there. Uh, but yeah, definitely a two and a half to a two to a one and a half to a one. Uh, that is the Phoenix Raceway. Uh, and this will be the United Rentals Work United 500. But don't let the, the title fool you. This is only a 312-mile race, 312 laps around this one-mile asphalt track that is very much flat. Uh, the turns in this are about 8 degrees uh, in turns 1 and 2 and 11 degrees in 3 and 4. And you only got about a 3-degree uh, banking on the front stretch and the back stretch. So definitely not a lot of banking 
on this track. So short, flat is certainly the the two terms you can put on this one. Uh, the last winner at this track uh, was Joey Logano, who took home not only the checkered flag from this, but the uh, championship as well. They did run all 312. There were only six cautions on this one. The margin of victory between he and Ryan Blaney was 0.3 seconds. Uh, it was a three-hour race. The spring race on this one, like, uh, Cody said, cha saw Chase Briscoe win, lead 101 laps, but it was Ryan Blaney who led 143 on this one. Uh, only eight cautions for 52 laps. The margin of victory between Briscoe and Chastain, 0.771 uh, on this. So again, we're close finishes on both of the races last year. We'll see how this package changes that as well. But I think we're in for another fantastic race this season. We've already seen some great racing to start the year. Um, hopefully we continue that, that trend here in Phoenix as we continue on the West Coast swing. Uh, Cody, any news and notes you have before we uh, start heading into the bets here? Yeah, a couple things I wanted to touch on. Um, it was announced on Wednesday that Kimi Raikkonen, uh, former Formula One champion, going to be back with Trackhouse in their Project 91 car for the upcoming race at Coda. Uh, I believe it was Watkins Glen where he started last season. Uh, and he was having a very good run. He ended up getting caught up in a wreck, not of his own doing late in that. So good to see him come back. We've talked before about the crossovers, right? With these F1 guys, the IndyCar guys, when our guys go to those series, well, not F1 yet, maybe someday, but, uh, but it is fun to always see those crossovers. So, so great to see him back in that project 91 car. Um, I saw the statistic earlier from, uh, Ryan over at iFantasy race on Twitter. Uh, he says the season is young, but Alex Bowman and Christopher bell are the only two drivers who have two top fives through the first three races of the season. And Alex Bowman and Daniel Suarez are the only two drivers who have top three finishes in all three races. Man, I, <laughs> I swung and missed big on the Suarez projections going into the season. Cause he has been very impressive, um, so I thought that that was was pretty cool. And then they they also, of course, then lead the average finish. Alex Bowman five point three three, Daniel Suarez at points or seven point Ross Chastain at eight point then Kevin Harvick, uh, and so on and so forth as you go down the list. Uh, so so kind of uh, interesting things there. Another little fun fact: NASCAR tweeted out today. The winner of three of the last four cup races that have fallen on March 12th went on to win the Cup Series championship. Ooh. So this race is, and they have a picture of Martin Truex Jr. here in his 78 car. So they didn't, of course, they didn't list who it was, and I didn't have time to do the research on that to see who who all has won on the March 12th date. But obviously not March 12th every year because it depends on when the Sunday falls. But but so kind of an interesting thing there. Maybe whoever wins you. Go place a championship future on, I guess. I don't know. Betting's all about numbers, right? I mean, we we right. have the numbers working for us in all in all ages. So I mean, if you want to handicap it based on that. <laughs> yep. Yep. They uh I also thought it was funny because NASCAR tweeted out the updated championship odds yesterday. Uh and Kyle Bush, top of the board, plus six fifty. Luckily, if you've been listening to this show since November, we gave it out at twenty to one. Hopefully you are holding those tickets. Feels, it's obviously very early in the season, but feels very nice. One more thing I wanted to touch on. You mentioned Ryan Blaney in your recap there. Basically had the best car in both of the Phoenix races last season. 
you're going to see that I'm not leaning too much into that because I don't have Ryan Blaney on my card at all. Luckily, Rod's got him covered in one of his bets. Uh, but Kyle Petty had some words to say about Ryan Blaney this week on the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Um, and I'm just going to read his quote here. He said, for me, I'm going to be honest, man. Ryan Blaney is the new Casey Kane. Potential unfulfilled. Everybody wants to talk about what he can do, but he never never does anything for whatever reason. For whatever reason, he just never gets past that hump. <sighs> Some loaded words from Kyle Petty. Uh, honestly, I, I can't say I disagree with him. I, I was a huge Casey Kane fan. Uh, he was kind of the driver I picked up after Bill Elliott retired. Uh, and, and man, it was just, it was always so disappointing. He, he seemed to have so much potential, just could never quite get it done that much. And obviously I'm a big Ryan Blaney fan, right? I talk about him a lot. I love the guy, but it, it seems like all the time it's just, wow, he had the best car again. And he didn't get it done. And, and he's, he's, you know, on the, he's the second guy over at Penske. It's a strong team. They won the championship last season. One of the guys who doesn't win a race last season and, and just continues to kind of struggle. So We'll see. Maybe he takes that fuel and and uh, you know use that to fuel his fire this week at uh, Phoenix. But I thought those were very strong words from from Kyle Petty. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of people pointing out Kyle Petty has one more win than Ryan Blaney does over thirty seasons of racing in NASCAR, and, and you know with his name maybe didn't live up to some expectations. But yeah, it's a uh, Pretty, pretty strong words from from KP on uh, on Ryan Blaney there. Hey, you know what they say, game recognizes game, right? And so if a guy, potential unfulfilled, recognizes a potential unfulfilled, I don't know. But I will say, yeah. I will say that Ryan Blaney's corner went from this to basically this <laughs> right quick. So, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, man, I'd love to see it. Maybe he comes out, proves everybody wrong this week. I, I wanted to, like looking ahead of the season, right? You, you kind of like, okay, here's the guys I'm going to kind of lean towards. And like, I had Phoenix circled and big black pen. I'm like, get to Phoenix. I'm picking Kyle or Ryan Blaney. Cause he has been so good here last season. And then the way the season's gone so far, I crossed that out with a big X and did not pick Ryan Blaney. Spoiler alert. Uh, well, don't, won't have to wait too long for our picks because uh, I think we'll go ahead and get there after our break. But yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, Cody did not. And I can vouch for that because it's not on the sheet at all. Uh, he's, how how is he the second favorite to win this? I don't. It makes no sense. Well, for all the reasons you were going to pick him preseason, the books haven't <laughs> caught guess. up yet. So you know, <laughs> I they, guess these were the predetermined odds, and they just stuck with them. They want to take everybody's money because they know that people will be on Ryan Blaney. But not you guys out there listening to this show. No, sir. You are going to be a little bit smarter than the rest of the field. And we'll get to those bets after the break. But before we do, let's tell you about WinBet. It's the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, which you know better as WinBets. Build your own bet. March Madness is almost here, plus there's plenty of ways to win. You can get down on the NBA, NHL, and the XFL. Sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100 limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you're going to get a $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from. All you got to do, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N 
B-E-T offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through Winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Well, like you said, it's not a complete and total blameless card, but definitely not in the uh, a positive nature of Blaney. But we're not starting at Blaney. No, we're starting at a man who, Cody, once the sheet came up, listen, he knows better nowadays. Like, I put the sheet up, and I don't normally go straight to it to fill in my stuff. So he's got about a 10-minute window to just slam anything in there that he wants to claim, and he's done that the last couple of weeks. So uh, go ahead, Cody. Get to where you're going because I was going to go there too. I will say you did beat me to filling out the winner section, and you took my pick. So uh, I think we're even at least. Thank you very much. Close enough. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, where are we starting? Uh, Kevin Harvick. Gotta, you got to start with Kevin Harvick at Phoenix. Gave this out in the Discord the second it dropped, minus 160. Within 20 minutes, it was at minus 180. That book, it's at minus 200 now. It's come back out on another book at minus 160 or minus 182. Just hammer it. Kevin Harvick, top 10, minus 182. 19 races in a row, Rod. I don't know what more statistics you want, at, but I have them for you anyways. 19 in a row. <laughs> He's finished in the top 10. 21 of the last 22 races at Phoenix, he's finished in the top 10. 24 of 26 races, Kevin Harvick has finished in the top 10 at Phoenix. Um, he's won here so many times I can't even count. And the times that he hasn't finished in the top 10, uh, so you go back 20 races ago. So, <laughs> okay. So let's go back to March uh Let's see, 19, 18, 17. So let's go back to 16 races ago, March of 2015, won the race. 17 races ago, won the race. 18 races ago, won the race. 19 races ago, won the race. 20 races ago, the streak ended here. It was uh, 13th place finish, just outside the top 10. Let's go to 21 races ago, won the race. Let's go to 22 races ago, second place. Uh, this dude is so good here. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight nine wins at phoenix rod nine times he's won here um been a little while since he's won march of 2018 was the last time he visited victory lane but constantly is in the top 10 here obviously 19 in a row um he broke a tie with richard petty last year uh where it was 18 top 10s in a row was richard's record i can't remember the track uh, a track that's no longer on the circuit but to break a, a, a record that Richard Petty holds, especially in the day Richard Petty raced, right? Because things were a lot different then and to a very much a degree easier when Richard Petty was around for the top guys. Uh, so to break a record like that is, is incredible. But 19 races in a row, he's done it. Obviously, you can't just go put everything on it because there is an outside chance that something bad happens. But he started the season strong. He's already scored a couple of top 10 finishes. He's been up mix each and every week already, uh, and I don't expect that to finish again his last season here. Gets one more trip to Phoenix in the fall. That'll be his final Cup Series race, which is very fitting at, at the track he's been the best at over the years, uh, but all over Kevin Harvick. Get it. I, I don't really, I don't care if this goes up to like minus 250. If you get in on it late, go get in on it earlier. If you're in the Discord, you already know and you, you should be on it already, but I will pay the juice. Well, you're not going to pay the juice because you only pay the juice if you lose, but lay the juice on this because 
man, nothing's guaranteed in gambling, but it doesn't get much closer than Kevin Harvick top 10 most places, but especially at Phoenix. If I've done something 19 times in a row, chances are, and usually for me, that's 19 times in a row that's something bad. So like, you know, I, I'm definitely not, uh, I haven't done anything good 19 times in a row. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah I, I can't think of anything I've done good that many times in a row. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to bank on me to, to, to screw up 20 times in a row on something I've already screwed up 19 times on, that's a good bet. But for Kevin Harvick, it's completely the opposite. The dude, like you said, with everything you just laid out there, I, just how can you not bet him as a top 10? And not just at Phoenix, but like anywhere else in the entire world. We just, it's like the auto bet we keep saying. It's like, here's your Kevin Harvick top 10 number. And the fact that this is not already at something like minus 250, I mean, look, I mean, the books are kind of giving you money. You know, you might yeah. as well go ahead and take it because uh, minus 182 it may sound rough to swallow, but when you know you're going to win off of it, it's not necessarily all that rough. So, Love me. 19 Kevin. times in a row, Rod. 19. And and it, I don't see it slowing down. Like, the dude yeah. just <laughs> balls out on Phoenix. Like, it he's, doesn't matter. He's a top 10 machine everywhere, and Phoenix especially. Well, and look, 19 times is a lot of times for shit to grab you in the ass. Like, it's it's a lot of times for, like, a engine to blow, uh, a tire to blow, and it hasn't. So, maybe we're jinxing it. I'm going to shut up about it so we can just continue to cash <laughs> this bet. Uh, let me move on to a top 10 that may not be as a lock, in fact, may turn your stomach a little bit, but that's Brad Keselowski. He's at plus 150. A lot of these top 10 odds are still sort of um, at, at minus money. Brad Keselowski's, I think, a sneaky bet at a top 10, um, and I say that because last season notwithstanding, I mean, we talked about the struggles for Brad Keselowski. We've done it over and over and over again. If you're an avid listener of this show, you know our Brad Keselowski stance. You know how much we faded him last season. And won a lot of money off of it, but this season's a little bit different. And and really, if you think about it, in in the the seasons before when he was in the two car in 2021, he had a, a fourth place finish and a tenth place finish. Here, the uh, season before that to close out the year, he had a second place finish. Um, he had an eleventh place finish in the spring of 2020, a tenth place finish in the fall of 2019, a second place finish in the uh, fall of 2018. So, I mean, look, in 27 starts, he's had 13 top 10 finishes. Not bad. I mean, that's 48%. Almost half the time he's been on this track, he's had a top 10 finish. So, for me, I just I can't see him not necessarily getting that done this time because we've seen a, a, a big improvement over the a couple of races. And I'm not saying that the finish last week was a big improvement because poor Brad Kozlowski finished in seventh, 17th place last uh, week, but he did start seventh. The week before that, though, in Fontana, 16th place start, seventh place finish. Um, not going to really count Daytona because he crashed out of that one, but we've seen speed out of these RFK cars. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago where, um, for whatever reason, him and Chris Buescher seem to be uh, getting some momentum. The finish wasn't there last week, but he did lead five laps. Uh, he was up up front for a little bit as well. In fact, uh, his sixth car was 10th place in the end of stage one and uh, had worked his way up to ninth place. So he was top 10 in both of those stages before he had to fall back to 17th to finish the race. He's a top 10 car. He's proven that he's got the speed to be a top 10 car. And so I, I feel like at a track where he's had a lot of success in the past and over half the time, the last two times have not been top 10 finishes. So I think the odds are that he's going to finish in the top 10 this spring and cash our plus 150 bet. Yeah, I love it. I 
Brad Kay has been a guy that we've already made some money on betting this season. I think we're going to continue to, if they continue to price him like this, that team as a whole has gotten a lot better. Brad's really got his feet underneath of him. I think he was running a little better than his finish last week before that. They went to that overtime finish as well. I, I don't exactly recall, but uh, I think this is a good bet. Again, the track history is there, and he's he's really getting things figured out over there at RFK. So I back you on that one as well. Um, next up for me, I've got William Byron over Chase Briscoe, minus 155. Yes, I know Chase Briscoe won this race last spring. Uh, so far in 2023, I believe there is a missing persons report has been filed for Chase Briscoe. Uh, you might want to check BJ McLeod's trailer because he's kind of been hanging out with him all season. Uh, I mean, William Byron's coming off winning last week, right? And, and yes, I know it's a different style of track. I, I get all that, but the momentum is there. He, he just won the race. He led 176 laps last week um, at Las Vegas where he ends up lucking into the win in overtime. But I guess he earned it the rest of the day, right? Um, but William Byron, it, you go back to last season. He finished sixth here in the fall uh, in the Phoenix race. He led 212 laps at Martinsville last season, a shorter, flatter track. So he's again, has it figured out at these types of tracks. Led 122 laps at Richmond. It's a little bit more of a stretch to compare Richmond, but they're similar in size, not, not quite as flat. Um, but Chase Briscoe, again, I get it. He won here last season. That's why he's up here. But this season... Started off the season wrecking early at Daytona with the 35th place finish. Okay, you know, it's Daytona. That's going to happen. Then you go to Auto Club the next week, finishes in 20th place. BJ McLeod finished in 24th place. That's how, I mean, it, dude, he's hanging, <laughs> he's hanging out with BJ McLeod, and that's not a good thing. It's not. It's not. Then you go last week to Las Vegas, 28th place. BJ was right there in 32nd. Again, just four spots behind Chase Briscoe. The books are scared. They will not give me the BJ McLeod versus Chase Briscoe head to head <laughs> because uh, they don't want to lose, and and I don't blame them for that. So I will just take William Byron over Chase Briscoe instead. It's minus one fifty five. It's juiced up for a reason, but I, I don't I don't feel like what we saw last season is going to magically reappear in the Fords this week. They've struggled so far early this season, specifically. I mean, the whole Ford camp really has struggled, other than. Kevin Harvick, although he hated his car last week, he's just good enough to overcome it, right? And then Brad Keselowski, we've seen some flashes from him, but otherwise, it's been a struggle. Joey Logano struggled. Ryan Blaney struggled. The entire rest of the Stuart Haas camp has struggled big time. I don't see a reason that turns around suddenly this week. Um, and so I'm just going to fade that while we have the opportunity. I mean, if, if you're giving me the guy who won last week compared to the guy who finished 28th, Without any, it wasn't Briscoe didn't have a penalty. He wasn't, you know, didn't have a flat tire. He didn't hit the wall. He didn't, he just was that bad that, that he was that far back. And Byron dominated the race. Again, these tracks aren't comparable, but with the momentum Byron has going forward, Hendrick is clicking on almost all their cylinders except the Chase Elliott one. Uh, but, but the other three cars are, are top notch, right? They finished one, two, three last week. They're on a roll. Uh, I think we're going to see that continue this week. And I don't know. Maybe Briscoe just jumps out and suddenly he's great again here. But I'm not seeing anything that's that's pointing me in that direction. No, and it is crazy to think that for one Stuart Haas driver that we're completely on as a top ten driver, the other one we just aren't given much of a of an issue. And look, even still, I mean Chase Briscoe could be a top fifteen car, but I got to think that William Byron and all of right. those those Hendrick cars are going to be 
in and around the top 10, you know, if yeah. not nestled inside the top eight or, or, or even five at this point. I mean, yeah. And I mean, honestly, Briscoe could end up being in the top 10, but I still think William Byron is going to be a better car. And so I think even if you get a much better effort from Briscoe, suddenly it's not going to be as good as Byron. And, and maybe he just comes out and wins again. And then I can totally eat crow next week. But until I see that, uh, I feel like this is a very, very lopsided matchup based on how the season has started. Uh, again, if you, if you want to play into that race last season, yes, but Byron doesn't have a horrible history here. He's got a couple of top 10 finishes, finished six last time they were here. So uh, I'm going to take the guy that that's done a lot more for me recently, whereas Briscoe is, is just missing. I concur. Uh, all right. I have found a, a bet within a book that labels this race as the NASCAR United Rentals 500K. Don't <laughs> know exactly. Do they call it the Sprint Cup Series too? Uh, no, they actually don't call it the Sprint Cup Series, uh, but they do. Oh, they have this race labeled as the NASCAR United Rentals 500K. Uh, again, not quite sure, but whatever. I'll take this bet. Uh, this bet is Hamlin and Ryan Blaney inside the top 10, both of them together at plus 135. It, again, we've touched. We just laid out why Ryan Blaney's not necessarily that great of a driver. I don't think he's going to end up winning this race, but I still think that there's a potential there for him to get inside the top ten. And you look at these guys' top ten finish uh, odds just by themselves. Blaney is at minus one ninety. Hamlin is at minus one eighty. I think they both have potential to be in the top ten. The books feel like they both have potential to be in the top ten. So if they're both going to be in the top ten together, why not turn that into plus odds? at plus 135. Um, you know, for, for Ryan Blaney, for all that we've talked about his struggles, last week he did turn a, a 13th place finish in at Las Vegas. He managed to salvage his day, right? I mean, he did start in third, but he fell so far away and, and managed to climb his way back up to 13th. I'm okay with that. You look back at what he's done on this track, he's got three straight top five finishes, right? A fourth place in 2021 in the fall, a, uh, a fourth place in 2022 in the spring, and then runner-up last season. Uh, in 14 starts here, he's got nine top 10 finishes, right? That's 64% of the time he's finished inside the top 10. Yes, he's struggled this season. Yes, he's probably not going to go up and dominate this race, and probably I don't even think he's going to win this race. But he could find his way up to a top 10. He could turn his season around and, and kind of get back on the right track. He could fulfill some sort of of his potential on this track. Uh, for Denny Hamlin, it's the same thing. This is why both of these guys in the top 10 is getting the odds they're getting is because Hamlin has struggled as well. 17th at Daytona. Good finish at at, uh, at California, right, in Fontana. He had a sixth-place finish, but then 11th in Vegas. He just sort of fell off. I mean, he led 10 laps in that race as well. He's been hanging in and around, man. He's, he's had a top 10 finish already just outside of the top 10. I think he can get it done in Phoenix, a track where he's pretty damn good as well. Dude's taken the green flag here 35, 35 times, Cody. That's that's a lot of time. His first race here was in 2005. Some people listening weren't even born yet. That is a lot of starts at one track. It is. Uh, but he's led 854 laps in his career, 21 top 10 finishes. 60% of the time this man finishes inside the top 10. How often has he done it since? We'll go back to 2018. He's done it one, two, three, four, five, six, ti seven times since uh, since 2019, or 2018, rather. So the dude has done it. The only times he hasn't done it was in 2018 in the fall where he finished 13th. 
2020 in the spring where he finished 20th, and then again in 2022, this race last year, but he finished in 13th place, not too far outside of the top 10. I think Denny Hamlin's going to get it done. I really think he's going to finish inside the top 10. I also think Ryan Blaney can salvage a top 10 day, and 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 honestly, that's how I think he's going to do it too. I think he's going to salvage a top 10 day, and uh, and you'll get it both. You'll get them both at plus 135 if you find the United Rentals 500K book. <laughs> <laughs> there's your uh, there's your homework for the week. Find out who calls up the the 500K, right? <laughs> or just ask us in Discord. We'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I I like this one for the odds that you're getting it at it is a good deal on two of the elite drivers in the in the field. I mean, Ryan Blaney is still one of the the top drivers. Yes, he's definitely not fully reached that potential that that we all think he has, but but he's performed well in the past. He had the best car here last season and in both races at this track. So maybe that comes back. Denny Hamlin, you know, for a guy that you just need to finish on the top ten. He's a guy you can rely on almost week in and week out. There was a short period last season where we faded him for a bit, but even after that, he, he still broke out of that and um, hasn't hasn't been too horrible to start the season. Maybe not quite where he wants to be just yet, but a top 10, I think, is fairly reasonable uh, ask for both these guys, especially at plus money. Next up for me, I'm just going to keep going down the, the Kevin Harvick train. Uh, at him over Martin Truex Jr., uh, Truex has shown some flashes, right? You you go back to the Coliseum, which is a short, flat track. It's a, a much, much shorter track, but he did win there. He did have the best car. Uh, you go back to his last couple of races here. He finished 15th. He finished 35th. Back in 2021, though, he finished second, and he won at Phoenix in those two races. So he does have some good history here, but this is just, uh, I mean, Kevin Harvick is almost for sure going to give me a top 10 finish, right? And with Martin Truex Jr., is he going to give me the top 10 finish? He still hasn't fully we, we we can't take him fully off of the off of the bad sheet, right? It's it's been he came out, he won the Coliseum, yes. And then it's kind of been up and down. He finished 11th at California, 7th at Vegas. So neither of those were were horrible races at all. Um and even a 15th at Daytona was was a solid finish for him and his with the super speedway finishes, but Kevin, this just to me is just Kevin Harvick is very, very good here. I'm almost guaranteed to get him to run in the top 10 if, as long as you know he doesn't get in a wreck or have an issue of some type. He's going to be in the top 10. And Martin Trex Jr., I just can't, not quite there on relying on him to give me a solid finish week in and week out yet. He's, he's been taken off the auto fade board for sure, but he, he's not earned the, the right to be picked in this head-to-head matchup yet, so... Kevin Harvick over Martin Tricks Jr. And it's only a minus 114. So basically it's minus 114 both ways too. So it's it's basically an even matchup from the book's point of view here. I will make an argument later on in the show uh, to to kind of I don't know. We'll we'll yeah, Ooh. I'll make oh. an, I'll make an argument oh, later yeah. on in the show. I, for again, that. I have not looked forward yet on all your bets. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and and again, I stay tuned. It's another one. <laughs> it's another one in which I I thought to myself, Am I really doing this? Am I really going to suggest this? Uh, so yeah, I mean, hang tight for that rebuttal uh, when we get back from the break, but not this time. We're going to go to my next bet, which is uh, Eric Almarola over Bubba Wallace. This is at minus one oh five. We look, I know that half the time when we say things and then we have to go back and retract part of it. Uh, yes, Fords have struggled, 
but so has Bubba Wallace, by and large. Uh, other than his fourth-place finish last week, he finished 20th at Daytona, 30th at Fontana. He did find a good finish in Las Vegas. Absolutely, 100%. I can't take anything away from him uh, there. But, you know, Phoenix has not been kind to Bubba Wallace, no matter what car he's been driving, whether it's the 43, the 23, the 45 uh, in, in last fall in the championship race last. He's got 10 starts on this track. He's only got one top 10 finish. His best finish is 10th place. Uh, other than that, over the last three races, he's had a 39th place finish, a 22nd finish, and a 22nd finish. So two 22nd finishes last season. Uh, in the spring, he was driving his own 23 car, and then he, he drove the 45 car uh, for the champions, owner's championship driver's points uh, in, in the championship race. So... Again, it's not not for lack of, of talent. I, I think Bubba Wallace is obviously a very talented driver, but he just has not been able to get it done uh, in Phoenix. It's not as if Eric Almirola has been too much better, uh, but he does have seven top 10 finishes in his 24 starts. Over the last three races, he had a sixth-place finish in the fall of 2021. Uh, actually, we can go back even as far as, um, shoot, man, 2017. So in 2017, a ninth-place finish, uh, I'm sorry, 2017, he had a ninth-place finish in the fall. 2018 in the spring, a seventh-place finish. 2018 in the fall, a fourth-place finish. 2019 in the spring, a fourth-place finish. 22nd-place finish in the fall of 2019, okay. But he came back that next spring in 2020 to get an eighth-place finish. A 13th-place finish in the fall of, of 2020, 11th place, 6th place, 12th place, 20th place. He's done, he's done okay for himself uh, in that 10 car. So I think... He's going to be a better driver overall on the day than Bubba Wallace. I know, I know it's tough to, to say because we, we love the momentum that uh, Bubba Wallace showed us in that last race. But, I mean, maybe short flat tracks are not Bubba's thing. Eric knows how to get around it. We just talked about how Kevin Harvick is going to be a top 10 car. We know Chase Briscoe hasn't been able to wheel himself around this season, but Eric Almirola has to a certain extent. Uh, 16th place finish in Vegas. But he's crashed out of the last two, the first two races of the season, so we didn't necessarily get to see uh, exactly what he had. He had a fourth place car in uh, in Daytona before he, uh, or he started fourth, started seventeenth in Fontana. So I don't know. Give me Eric Almarola to just sort of sneak past his way uh, past Bubba Wallace in this one. Plus, I like the fact that there's very little juice on this at minus one hundred five. Yeah, I I wanted to bet on Bubba this week, and I found a way to bet on him. So I'll make a case later in the show, but uh, it's been a tough start to the season for him. Despite looking good, the results necessarily haven't been there, but I am glad you brought up Eric Almarola because my next bet is on him. It's for him to get a top 10 at plus 215. Eric Almarola is a short, flat track driver. He's so good at them. You go back, you look at a comparable track in New Hampshire, finished 31st there last season because he got caught up in a wreck early, but the season before he won, seventh place the year before, 11th third in the last five seasons over there at new hampshire um he led 16 laps at the clash earlier this season again a bit of a stretch but it is a short flat track um you mentioned it just a minute ago he's got seven top tens in his 24 starts here at this track didn't get in the top 10 either race last season with a 20th and a 12th place finish but before that in november of 21 he finished sixth march of 21 11th so close um and then in in november of 2020 he finished 13th March, he was eighth, but you go back to that stretch you talked about before from 2017 through 2019, he had 
four or five top 10 finishes in a row. Um, and so it, it is juiced up. It's, this isn't Kevin Harvick where it's, it's an auto bet, right? But at plus 215, I know I've made the argument against the Stuart Haas cars. I know I've made the argument against the Ford cars. But Eric Almarola is a veteran who can overcome that. This is his type of track. He just seems to thrive at the shorter, flatter tracks. And it's almost every time we go to one, it's like, wow, Eric Amarola. And then you'll go next week to wherever, and he's just back in the back again. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> whatever, you know, just kind of how it goes with him. And it's not not really a big rhyme or reason to it. Uh, again, his, his start to the season has been so-so. He finished 16th last week in Las Vegas. When you look at somebody like Chase Briscoe, that's much better than than he finished. Um, so I think that it, it is still a bit of a stretch. That's why you're getting the plus 215 odds on it, which I think is a good price for a guy that can just pop up every once in a while, perform great at a short flat, and then he just disappears into the mid-pack until we get to the next short flat or or he pops up and randomly grabs a good finish here and there. It just seems like the short flat ones are the tracks where he pops up more often and gets those good finishes before he uh, – fades back into the the middle of the pack again well once again i made the case for eric amarola why i think he's going to be good and i i basically piggyback on you uh to to be inside the top 10 i like that as well uh and you know again it just gives you a reason to cheer for the 10 car for a week and then you can put it back on the shelf the next week so <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh all right well uh my next bet we're just going to continue to pile on chase briscoe shall we uh i mean not not to kick a driver while he's down but um, I got Alex Bowman, uh, yet another Hendrick driver over Chase Briscoe. This one's at minus 120, so obviously the books feel as if uh, that is that is the side of the bet that's going to go on. Alex Bowman, the dude has been on fire. This season, fifth place, eighth place, third place finish. There's really not much more you can say. I mean, we already laid out the case for why Chase Briscoe's been struggling um, so for a guy, for Alex Bowman's sake, for, for what he's done this season, you just can't stop it. You can't, you can't, I don't care what he does. Even if he finishes inside the top 10, uh, this week, even if he finishes inside the, the top 15 this week, even if he doesn't have a great finish, I still think he's going to finish better than Chase Briscoe, who again, has not been able to figure it out this season, um, and may not figure it out for the rest of the season. This has not been Alex Bowman's track, so I understand if you if you give yourself pause for this, um, only because you know Alex Bowman has not statistically found his way around this track the best. In 15 starts, he's got one top 10 finish, right, and and that's not really a glaring um, what uh, what he's done on this track. His average finish here is 23. Point eight. Last season, he had a 14th place finish in the spring, 34th in the fall. You know, his best finish here has been a sixth place finish in 2016. So I get it. I get it if you're not sold on Alex Bowman's ability to get around Phoenix. But I will say that this season has been a blindingly fast pace for this guy. I think that he's going to ride some momentum into Phoenix. And again, it doesn't even matter if he finishes in the top 15. Like I said, he could have a he could have a 15 or 16th place finish. I still think Briscoe is going to be somewhere in the 20s. So, you know, this this bet will cash no matter how low I think Alex Bowman finishes, I think Chase Briscoe's bound to finish worse. So, uh, yeah, give me the uh, Alex Bowman 48-car side of this over Chase Briscoe. I love it. I have no arguments. Obviously, I've I've already made my case against Chase Briscoe. I have more of a case to make for Alex Bowman in a few, but the same thing 
basically with the William Byron thing, right? He's got the momentum. Hendrick is good right now. He's looked very good. He's being a little bit disrespected by the books yet again. So I love to see that, uh, and I will fully back you up on that. My next bet, I'm going to toss three longer shots out there in the, the top Ford category, just trying to kind of maybe see if one hits, because I think that with what we've seen from the Fords so far this season and the struggles, that that some of these maybe have some legs. And if it continues, if Penske struggles like they have, I mean, last week, Joey ends up finishing last after he comes out and qualifies the fastest, right? So even if they qualify good, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. They seem to have maybe that advantage we talked about there, but then in the race, it's not translating. And he hated his car before he gets spun, goes to the grass and ends up finishing in last. But then Ryan Blaney struggled. We talked about it. Um, now Kevin Harvick, of course, is is listed in here with the top Fords. He's the third favorite top Ford at plus 290. So you could you could take that if you want to because we think he's going to be up there and, and almost guaranteed a good finish, right? Then you got Chase Briscoe. Then you get into where I'm starting to like things. You got Brad Keselowski at 12 to 1. So I'm going to take him. You've already laid out the case for him. He's got a solid track history here. We've seen enough from him lately for me to trust him. Again, a veteran driver who could maybe overcome things. Then Eric Almarola at 14 to 1, also going to take Eric. So Brad at 12 to 1, Eric at 14 to 1. Um, I think, again, the guys in front of him, Joey, Ryan, Kevin, and Chase Briscoe. Briscoe, we've already made the case, right? So we don't think he's going to be up there anyways. Kevin Harvick, we do think can have that solid finish, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the top forward. We saw it last week. Austin Sindrick snuck up in there and got that, that place. And then with Ryan and Joey, it's, you know, Ryan's really struggled, and if Joey has an issue or they continue with their struggles, I could see that happening. Then I'm just going to toss the dart of all darts out there. Zane Smith is going to be in the 38 car this week uh, for front row. Again, this will be Todd Gilland will be racing in the 15 for Rick Ware Racing. Uh, but this is the first race where Zane Smith takes over. He's 80 to 1 to be the top Ford. With all the Ford struggles that we've seen, if some of these guys have issues, a guy or two gets caught up in a wreck, there's an early wreck, Joey, Ryan, Brad all get caught up in it or something like that. Zane Smith, I think, can put together a solid day and just come home in 10th or 15th, but even still then be in position to make himself the top forward because he just rides around all day with the, with the solid finish. He made the one start last season filling in for Brad Keselowski at uh, Gateway in St. Louis. Somewhat of a comparable-ish track, a little bit, I guess, but finished 17th there. Again, Not nothing great, but that was his first time ever in a next-gen car. Jumped in on short notice. Brad had COVID. Uh, so he jumped in on short notice, ran a good solid day, was in the top 15, top 20 all day, and just put the car where it needed to be. Uh, he won this race in the fall in the truck series, right? Because he was the champion, uh, beat out all the other. I mean, they were one, two, three, four. The championship truck drivers were right there until Majeski wrecked late, but they were all up there. He beat out all those guys. We know Zane Smith has the talent, right? He's the only guy that can seem to keep close to, to Kyle Bush in the truck series. Uh, last time, you know, when they were out last week at Las Vegas, he's good everywhere they go and he's getting a chance to be in the cup series. So I think at 80 to one, it's just worth a small cycle because, um, you're just getting, you're getting him being, you, you want him to just be consistent and have a decent day and could put himself in position. You're going to need some chaos. You're going to need some things to happen, but I don't think that this, this isn't like Chevy where you've got 
all the Hendrick cars. You've got all the track house cars. You've got the Richard Childress racing cars. There's so many good Chevys. You just need so many things to go wrong. I think he can beat a good majority of these guys. Then if a couple of those top guys have issues, something happens to him. He could put himself in position. At 80-1, to 1, I couldn't pass up the little dart throw on Zane Smith. So Brad Keselowski at 12-1, to 1, Eric Almirola 14-1, to 1, Zane Smith 80-1 to 1 for top Ford. Uh, just kind of trying to throw those darts out there with all the Ford uncertainty and maybe hit one of these guys at, at a really good number. And let's just be honest, you love to get everybody cheering for a long, long, long shot to do something good. So, And you're not even asking him to win. You just want him to be the top forward at this point. So. Yeah, I think, I think honestly he could finish 15th and be the top forward finishing in this race. Like it, Again, things are going to have to happen. Kevin Harvick's probably going to have to have a problem or something, but even though he's got 19 in a row, it's not out of the question. And if Kevin Harvick has a problem and Zane finds his way in there, you won't mind the juice you laid at it when you hit an 80 to one bet on top of it. So, Hey, prepping for chaos is how we've made you guys a ton of money over the course of the, the last couple of seasons. So that's, uh, and, that's precisely what we're doing. Yeah. And you have to throw those things in there because it can happen. I mean, we, we've seen the pile up at auto club, right? That was inc- crazy. And it took out guys like Ryan Blaney and some of those other top cars that should have been in that race. Guy, a guy like Kyle Larson was almost a prohibitive favorite in that race and right away unloads and there's just a problem. Like things can happen to these guys and a couple of these Fords get knocked out of the way. Zane can beat the other ones. That's all you need. And then at those type of odds with there being, a, again, I don't just give out long shots to give out long shots. With Austin Hill last week, we didn't think he was going to be the best car. We didn't think he was going to dominate. Put yourself in position to be there. I think Zane can do it. Bit of a stretch, but at 80 to one, a stretch I'm willing to make. Uh, all right. So for my next bet, uh, I changed it. Uh, we, we did. So see, this is why you guys, this is a living, breathing thing. Like when I put this down, uh, I had the winning manufacturer and I, I said Ford at plus plus one seventy five because I thought to myself, listen, I'm prepping for chaos, right? What if Kevin Harvick steals a win? What if Ryan Blaney steals a win? What if Joey Logano for heaven's sake, comes up and steals a win. What if something happens that we didn't foresee that a Ford can come up and win this race? We don't have, we haven't recommended any Fords to do much of anything other than maybe finish top uh, 10. So I thought, well, what if, right? At plus 175, it doesn't feel that bad. But then I was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm not even going to get, because I I don't think a Ford is going to win this race. I can't even in good conscience tell you to bet a Ford at plus 175. So I changed it. And not far off is Chevy at plus 140. And when you just listed off all of the Chevy drivers out there, that was exactly part of my reasoning to switch anyways. And I switched before you started to rip off Trackhouse and Hendrick and RCR and like all of these Chevy powerhouses. And we just watched Chevy completely annihilate everybody um last week with a one two three finish so the chevys have something going on and then even denny hamlin himself uh, admitted it on his podcast that the chevys have it figured out right now and everybody else is still playing catch-up so um i wanted like i said i wanted to hedge i wanted to give you an opportunity to to kind of take a, a different manufacturer because who knows right i mean like we said kevin harvick could win a 10th and and i wouldn't be surprised at all and that would probably be the only one that I would even say would win. And even still, uh, we're not giving him out as a winner, spoiler alert, to win this race. So I was kind of thinking to myself, well, if I give you if I give you a Ford at plus 175, if something ridiculous happens, you're covered. But I don't think a Ford's going to win. So I'll give you Chevy as the winning manufacturer at plus 140. 
we'll go from there. Again, it's just a matter of there's so many Chevy drivers out there that, that can win this race and that have won this race. Um, I can't even, I mean, I know Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney finished one, two here in the, in the fall to win it, but you know, and Chase Briscoe won it the year before. So Ford basically has won both races at this track. But I mean, before that it was Kyle Larson, obviously to end the 2021 season. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think Chevy's got a better chance than Ford to win this race. And that's why I'm changing it to, to Chevy at plus plus one forty. No, I love, I'm glad you changed this because I was going to argue against you when you gave out Ford. It, it, if Chevy was minus 200 and you're getting Ford at plus 300 or something like that. Yeah, sure. Prep for chaos for that. Chevy's minus or plus 140. Why? I don't, why? I mean, I get Ford won the two races and was the best here last season. And again, we, we talked about this earlier. Maybe we're just totally missing it and maybe it, Revert, everything reverts to how it was last season and all the Fords look great and will look like idiots. But what we've seen so far, that's not the case. Like you said, Denny Hamlin said it himself. Everybody's chasing the Chevys early in the season. Will they catch them? Will the tide turn at some point? Likely, yes. And, and we'll see a run of Toyotas. We'll see a run of Fords, something. But until that happens, Chevy at plus 140 is a steal, in my opinion. You're getting Kyle Larson. You're getting Kyle Busch. You're, you're getting the rest of the Hendrick stable. You're getting the track house stable. That's Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez. I mean, just talked about the guys who, who have the best finishes so far this season, right? Alex Bowman, Chevy, Daniel Suarez, Chevy. Ross Chastain was up there. Chevy. These are the guys that we've seen. Chevy's won all three races so far. They've uh, swept the top three or four spots in most of the races, it seems like, the last two weeks, specifically on the non Super Speedway, they Hendrick had the one, two, three last week. Chevy was top four the week before at, at Auto Club. So Chevy's been where it's at so far. And until we see something different, uh, I mean, looking through our, our winners, winner picks here, like our favorites to win this are both Chevys. We're both going to make a case for a Toyota as well. But there's only six Toyotas in the field. Chevy has struggled big time. So, or not Chevy, Ford rather has struggled big time. And Chevy's been where it's at. So getting them at plus money, if you were trying to lay this even at minus 140, then you maybe start thinking, well, there's some things that could happen. But plus money, it just seems like a no-brainer. So I'm glad you switched it to Chevy because and, – and we've talked about it before, right? That You can find advantages in these manufacturer things. And a lot of the times it is just whoever's priced the most because it, there's some value there. But I think in this case, you're getting a misprice almost. I don't think Chevy should be – and it's not like – Ford's just dominated this track for years as far as winning it. I mean, Kyle Larson won the championship here a couple seasons ago. Uh, Chase Elliott won. Was his championship, I think, was at Phoenix as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and so I get confused with when they switched to, to Phoenix from Miami. But his championship was here as well. So we've seen other guys win at this track. Um, and so, yeah, I think at plus 140, I really, really like the Chevy side of things. Yeah, like I said, I, I couldn't in good conscience give you a Ford, even if even if I wanted to. And you're right, that's that's why I sort of said, all right, well, it's only a 35-point difference. Let me go ahead and just slot it down to Chevy. You're still a plus money. You're still going to you're still gonna come up better if you bet this than you would it. And I was surprised like you that it was still a plus money. So, yep, uh, Agreed. Um, okay, we'll give you our winners, as we always do. After the break, let's tell you about Underdog Fantasy. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. 
Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. So head over now to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. For those of you out there watching on YouTube, hey, everybody, how's it going? Thanks for watching. We appreciate you patroning our channel, but make sure to continue to hit that like button, subscribe, ring the bell, bat, dot the I's, cross the T's, I don't know, whatever you got to do to keep this channel floating and for all the bosses to be happy with us that we are on YouTube. And you can see Cody's smiling face and my blank background, which should be filled up soon. Uh, but again, head over to YouTube, search the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. You will find us if you want to watch us instead of just listening to us. But again, for you OG listeners, thanks to... Uh, you know, just keep us uh, keep us there on YouTube for the time being. Okay, have I pandered enough? I think so. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know why it makes me uncomfortable to do the whole, you know, uh, pandering for likes and and uh, clicks and all that stuff. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a old man and I like to yell at clouds. We don't like to beg you guys for it, but no. that's what they tell us to do. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll beg if they're they're telling me to. But um, I know I know that you'll do it under your own fruition anyway. So we love you for that. Um, all right, Cody, who's going to win this race? Well, like I said before, Rod stole my pick of. I will not spoil it, and I'll let Rod give it. But Damn, Rod I did take the favorite that I was going to pick, so I had to adjust on the fly, but. I was not so sad when I looked farther down the, the list and found the guy that uh, that I like. And so I am going to go with Kyle Busch to win this race at 10-1. to 1. He won two weeks ago in dominating fashion, gave him out at a similar 10-1 to 1 that week. Then last week, everybody and their brother was all over him. I said, not so fast, my friends. We stayed off of him. And then, boom, he slides back down the rankings all the way back to 10-1 to 1 again. Going to jump back on him. He has been solid. He had some issues early in the week last week, bounced off the wall, had trouble ever since then, but he was very dominant at Auto Club the week before. We saw him be, you know, lead the Daytona 500 at the end of regulation. We saw him podium finish at the Clash of the Coliseum. So things are off to a great start with the RCR cars. Austin Dillon also struggled last week. They both just kind of missed it last week. I don't know what went on there, but that doesn't concern me too much. You look back at Kyle's track history here. He's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 of his last 15 races here. He has been inside of the top seven, Rod. So he also very good here. Um, he's got two, three wins at this track, three seventh place finishes in a row. So if you can get an exact finishing position for seventh, I guess maybe try for that. Uh, but the track history is here. I mean, I mean, you go back, because like I said, his last three races, he finished seventh. Then he had a 25th in there, but then 11th, third, second. One back-to-back races here in 2018 and 2019. Um, a bunch of third, fourth, second place finishes right before that. So the track history is here. We've seen it already early this season. I'm big on him. It's the new Kyle Busch. I know he struggled last week, but we saw it coming, right? Because we said to stay off of him. So He's going to have that track practice again this week on Saturday. I think that'll help him going into Sunday. I expect things to be fixed from 
I think just getting in the wall early, I think just kind of cost him his day and, and threw everything off. He couldn't get it back to his liking, struggled with it the rest of the day, but still very much on the Kyle Busch train. Just talked about how he's the favorite to win the championship, right? He's the favorite for a reason. He's that good. We know he's a great driver, still in the prime of his career. And we know this equipment's good. We know that eight car is potentially better than the 18 car that he had last season. And, it, you know, is it, it's proven, right? We've seen it with Reddick. He struggled early in the 45. The eight car still has things figured out from last season. Um, and so I'm going to and Actually, in this race in the spring, it came down to Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick in that overtime finish. Um, and I think Ross Chastain was up there with him as well. But Reddick was one of those guys that was up there at the end of it. Um, and so that eight car was good at that point. I think they're going to continue to be good now. So Kyle Busch, 10 to 1, back on the on the KFB train. Alex Bowman, I said it on the the recap show earlier in the week. If he was priced at below 15 to 1, I was going to be forced to take him. This is the same argument as Austin Hill that I just made on the Xfinity race or picks race, whatever, Xfinity picks show that we did yesterday, aka a little bit ago. Go back and listen to my argument there. But with Alex Bowman at 20 to 1, he just finished in the top three last week. I mean, again, yes, his track record at, at Phoenix is not great. You pointed that out earlier. Um, but he, the Hendrick cars have been good, Chevy's been good. We've hammered on all that stuff already. He can put himself in position to be there at the end. Do I think he comes out and leads 113, 120 laps and wins this race? Probably not, although he could because he's in a good enough car to do it. He's a good enough driver to do it. Um, but I think he could put himself in position. We know his thing is backing into wins, right? So if it gets to the point where he needs to back into one, get it in overtime, get it late in the race, he can be in position to do it. At 20 to 1 for a guy that is in that organization and i'm not saying that they're going to take focus off of the nine car but do they pull a few resources from what they're putting into the nine car and shift them over to the other three cars why wouldn't you right i mean we want josh berry to go out and, and have a solid race and continue to get a car owner points but other than that it is point you know it doesn't it doesn't matter as much as these other three guys let's rack it up with them so i think that Maybe that puts a little bit more. I mean, we talk about the nine and the five are the best two cars over there, right? We already maybe saw it last week. The 24 and 48 were elevated already, and we know they're right behind the A and B as, as the B and C cars or whatever, C and D or however your letters work, whatever number. I think the five and nine are A and A1, so I'm going to go with B and C cars. But anyways, uh, so Alex Bowman, 20 to 1, just too good to pass up for a guy who can, again, like Austin Hill, put himself in position, can do it. That's his home track. I know he would love to win there. Got a special paint scheme that's got his dogs on the car this week. Uh, so I think that would make it even more special for him. Uh, so I like that. And then Bubba Wallace, again, this is just a case of guys being disrespected. Again, another guy that the track history isn't necessarily here, but you have to look at his equipment. You have to, Things have been different since this next-gen car, since he's been at 2311. And I know the finishes haven't been there yet this season, but the runs have been. Bubba Wallace has clearly been one of the best, if not the best, Toyota the last two weeks. Again, the finish is not quite there, but he's been fast. He's been good. That's close enough to a Gibbs car that we can make a case for other Gibbs cars to do well here and have done well here in the past. All these Kyle Busch finishes that I referenced just a minute ago, most of them were, well, the ones I referenced were in Gibbs cars because it's been so long since he was in the Hendrick cars way back in the day. So Gibbs can get it done here. Uh, we talked about Gibbs cars in the Xfinity series. 
Um, and so the 2311 cars are basically Gibbs cars. Bubba's been impressive to start the season. The finish is not quite there just yet, but I am very big on him. And at 35 to one, I feel like he shouldn't be priced this low. Maybe even if he was only 20 to one, I wouldn't quite do it, but all the way down at 35 to one, he's again, a guy who can put himself in position and has a strong enough car and he's talented enough that he could get it done. So at 35 to one, I will take Bubba Wallace as well. Prepping for chaos. It's what we do on the NASCAR gambling podcast for sure. And yeah, I mean, look, we talked about Bubba earlier and I don't think it would surprise me. I, I again, I'm not necessarily all that high on him this week as uh, I, I've proven by my Eric Almarola bet, but I, I will say it just won't surprise me. I mean, again, you were right. He had, he was the best Toyota that we saw for a long time in a couple of those races. And, you know, unfortunately just Sometimes it just doesn't go your way, and, and luck does not fall in the direction you need it to fall. So I, I'm with you on a on a 35 to one long shot for Bubba. Again, I'm not necessarily uh, comfortable, but you know, hell, man, we've seen longer shots pay off for us. So we'll we'll yeah. definitely take and, a shot. And again, I think the Almarola over Bubba is still a good bet because I think you can a little bit more rely on Almarola to show up at this type of track and get a solid finish. Bubba doesn't have the best track history. His finishes lately have been up in the air, but if he puts it all together and you're holding that 35 to one, it's much like when we bet on Sheldon Creed so many times last season, we wouldn't take him in a head to head, but you throw those long shot odds out to win. And he almost did it so many times. If he can put it all together, Bubba can go out and just win this race. Uh, and so I think that's where the value comes in at, at the 35 to one. Yep. I concur. Uh, all right. Well, so the driver that I stole right from underneath Cody was Kyle Larson. Uh, I, 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 he's right now to win this race. He's at plus 800 to win the race in certain books. So shop around, maybe you can find a better number. Um, but Kyle Larson for right now is at plus 800 to actually win this thing. Um, and, and look, he's not, he's not even actually 850. Holy cow. He jumped up a little bit, 850, uh, in a book to win this race. He's not the out and out favorite. Uh, that belongs to Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney. Uh, but of course we talked Raffling. about, yeah, right. We talked about the Fords, uh, not really getting to win this race, but look, Kyle Larson is back. I mean, I'm sorry, but for whatever happened to him to begin this season, um, I just, he's back last week. Definitely had a hell of a run. We talked about the one, two, three finish four um, for Hendrick Motorsports. Kyle Larson comes out, leads 63 laps, finishes second in the race. Um, should have won. Should have won. I mean, he finished second in both stages, right, uh, to William Byron. He absolutely should have won this race. I think he's got his swagger back. I think Kyle Larson, we, we know he's a dangerous driver. And for him to finish 18th and 29th in the first two races, um, you know, he's pissed. And, and like Cody said, the nine car now will have some attention shifted off of it. So that's going to free up a little bit more resources for the five, for the 48, for the 24. And it, you give a little bit of extra juice to the five car and you're just asking for the rest of the field to get dusted. Um, here at Phoenix, 17 career starts, 10 top 10s, 6 top 5s, and of course that win back in 2021 in the fall. But you've got to go all the way back to the spring of 2018. Uh, well, other than that that 34th place finish here in the spring. But before that, I mean, that was an engine problem, so you can't really count that on his driving ability. But before that, 
you got to go all the way back to the spring of 2018 to find the last time he finished outside of the top 10. He finished 18th in that spring of 20, uh, 2018. But after that, third place in the fall, sixth place the following spring, fourth place that fall, fourth place again, seventh place he won, and then finished ninth in the fall uh, of last year. So, again, Kyle Larson is dangerous on this track. He's dangerous overall. He's just a dangerous driver, and I think he's starting to get his his swagger back. I think he's starting to feel it again, and this is a good enough track for him to to, to right the ship on. And I honestly believe that. Uh, ooh, at plus nine hundred now, Cody. I shopped around for you, Rod. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> Look at you finding better odds on him. So yeah, plus nine hundred. Holy cow! Please, please take Kyle Larson at plus nine hundred. Yeah, and again, this is the thing. Like anytime you don't get Kyle Larson as the favorite to win the race, like that's probably a good time to bet him. Except at super speedways, I like to put that disclaimer in there. But, but no, I mean he can win anywhere, any week, except super speedways. And he is—he's a very good driver. He's won here before. He just won the championship two seasons ago here at Phoenix by winning that race. Um, and yeah, it—it it didn't work out last week, even though he should have won, if not for the stupid unnecessary caution at the end of that race. Um, and he was the favorite to win in one of the fastest cars the week before it was just 15 laps down because he had the electrical issue, not even of his own fault. So even though, you know, the result wasn't there at Vegas, he was fast. One of the fastest cars, he was one of the fastest cars last week and, you know, easily could have maybe even won both of those races. If, if things had gone slightly different, obviously last week he was close in the second and leading at the end of regulation, but the week before one of the fast cars, had we had a chance to see him race it, things could have been a lot different. We could be talking about Kyle Larson's already got two wins. Now he's plus 300 to win this race. So when you're getting a guy like that at plus 900, where he still had a good car, things just quite haven't gone his way yet, I will take that all day long. Uh, and yeah, this was the one I was going to take until Rod stole it from me. Damn right I did. And now it just got even better at plus 900. I love it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, and then I'm going to throw out my long shot not even, and, and here what's funny, the long shot is not even a long shot by the standard of it's only 100 points higher than Kyle Larson, and that's Martin Truex Jr. I I know, I know that betting on retired drivers is not the way we do things around here, but something's clicked this season with Martin Truex Jr. We talked about last season that he had one foot out the door, but what we found out later in the offseason was that he was probably having marital problems, and listen... I, when when you have to deal with life, it's not easy to come to work. It literally is not the easiest to concentrate on 500 miles of driving when you know your life's going to fall apart the second you step out of that car. So I, I got to hand it to Martin for even keeping it together. It's why he probably decided to come back for another season um, to drive. But why am I picking him to win even at plus 1,000? That 2021 season was pretty damn good for Martin Truex Jr. He won in the spring. And he came in second in the fall. It all fell apart the next season, obviously 35th in the spring, 15th in the fall. But for Martin Truex Jr. to have won this race as as previously as the 2021 season, he's the potential's there for him to do it. I mean, obviously, we know he's a good driver. He started here 34 times. He's got 14 top 10s, 6 top 5s, and that win. Um, but this season, like we said, it's, it's not been a bad season for him so far. He finished 15th, uh, at, at Daytona 11th at Fontana. Um, so he's starting to put things together again. And I think, um, uh, for Martin Truex Jr., 
you know, if I'm going to bet somebody other than a Chevy to win this race, I feel like Martin Truex Jr. has has shown that he potentially has what it takes. I know Denny Hamlin's still out there. I know Christopher Bell's still out there. I know, you know, all those guys are still out there to get him. In fact, he, fi- he finished seventh last week uh, in, a, in a race that was completely dominated by Hendrick's cars. So, you know, he's been around the front. And I think for, uh, for Martin Truex Jr. to start the season the way he started versus the way he ended it last year, um, it's just encouraging. And, and like I said, I know we've gotten the Chevys out there and that they're probably going to end up winning. I wanted to throw a little Ford out there, but then thought better of it. So if I'm going to hedge on a, on a Toyota, I'm, I feel like taking a shot at Martin Truex Jr. at plus 1,000 is not a bad idea. Yeah, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm still conflicted on on how much I feel comfortable in in Truex, but uh, I made the case against him in the head to head. But I do think he's got a track history here, and, and I think he can still be good. Uh, again, I think we sort of have to throw last season out now that we know after the fact. I mean, basically playing injured, right? It, it's the mental side of things, but that counts a, as something. We've seen it with Kyle Busch, right? It's been a totally different story this year compared to what we saw last year. Um, and so I think there is a case there. Uh, I, you brought up Christopher Bell's name. I feel uh, I wanted so badly to find a way to bet Christopher Bell this week. Don't be surprised if he's a guy who kind of just pops up and, and does really well here. Another short, flat track guy. We didn't find a way to work him into the card this week, but I just wanted to toss his name out there. So if if something that you see strikes your fancy on Christopher Bell, I, I like him as well this week. But uh I, I like the the dice roll with Martin Truex Jr. I mean, we saw it at the Clash, right, at the Coliseum. Maybe he jumps up it and does it again here this week. Uh, we'll see. Yep. I mean, again, it's we've talked about anything can happen. I'm prepping for chaos with Martin Truex Jr. Uh, and, and if he actually hits this week, uh, I will be... Uh, retiring because that's probably the best call you'll ever get from me. Uh, and, and we'll just, we'll find another host for the show. <laughs> yeah. Let's not go that far. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now Cody wants Martin Chooks to lose. I'm so not, that way yeah. <laughs> I'll be avidly rooting for him to lose now. Jeez. Oh man. All right. Get out of your pen and paper. We're going to go over the bets for you for the United rentals work United 500 K by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of K, uh, we start out with Kevin Harvick as a top 10 car at minus 182, 160, minus 600,000, wherever you find it, just load up on it. Um, yeah, don't go too crazy, though. If it's minus 600,000, don't, don't do it. I, I know books like to get funky like that, but um, yeah, take it as far as you want to take it, as far as you're comfortable with taking it. Uh, take Brad K as a top 10, another K, at plus 150. We got William Byron over Chase Briscoe at minus 155. Uh, we've got Alex Bowman over Chase Briscoe at minus 120. We've got Kevin Harvick over Martin Truex at minus 114. I've got uh, Denny Hamlin and Ryan Blaney to finish as a top 10 car, both of them at plus 135. Uh, and then Cody's got Eric Almarola as a top 10 car at plus 250. I'm saying that Eric Almarola is going to have a better day than Bubba Wallace at minus 105. Cody says the top forward will be Brad Keselowski or Eric Almarola or Zane Smith. Brad at 12 to 1, Eric at 14 to 1, and Zane Smith at a chop licking 80 to 1. Um, I thought better of giving you Ford, and I'm giving you Chevy as the top manufacturer at plus 140, whereas Cody's giving you at least two of those Chevys at Kyle Bush at plus 1,000, Alex Bowman at 20 to 1. And throwing in a Toyota of Bubba Wallace at 35 to 1. I'm giving another Chevy out there at Kyle Larson, 9 to 1. 
And then I'm giving you a Toyota Martin Truex Jr. at 10 to 1. Full card, Cody. Full card. Let's go make some money, Rod. I'm excited. I uh, should be a good race. Phoenix is generally a good race. We saw it uh, with Auto Club a couple weeks ago where, the, you know, you get five wide. There's a bunch of lanes. Wait till you see Phoenix. If you've not watched before, they'll dive into turn one. They go way below the white line, all the way down to the wall. They'll be spread out six, seven wide, it sometimes seems like. So should be some really good racing. Uh, only two races this week. A little bit of a letdown after we had all five series in, in action last week with the IndyCar and F1. But Xfinity should be good again. I expect a good cup race. Uh, and yeah, maybe a little bit of a preview of, of what to expect in the in the fall for the championship race. Maybe based on how some guys run this weekend, we could place some more championship futures. Ryan Blaney was the best here in the spring, and, and he was the best in the fall. He didn't make it to the Final Four, and he didn't win either race, but something to to watch out for that it translated who the best car was in the spring to the fall, so we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to catch, we'll have to get a chance to catch our breath after there was so much racing on uh, last yeah. week, but... Um, all right, Cody. Well, as we uh, let everybody go for their day, why don't you remind everybody that's not watching on YouTube where they can find you on social media? Yep. Follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. And then, yeah, make sure you get in the Discord. Join us over there. Um, and we uh, yeah have the, the weekly DFS games we, we toss in there. Throw out those early lines like the Kevin Harvick thing. If you're in there, you would have saw the, the minus 160 being able to get in on that early. So make sure you're over there and following stuff. Feel free to ask questions there. All the guys talk. Other guys give out their plays, stuff they like. Here's here's option. Not everybody has the same options everywhere. We understand that, so some people are limited. Uh, I know we've got some Canadian listeners and stuff, and they don't have all the options. So here's what I have. What do you like out of this? All that fun stuff. So join us over there. Please do. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. I'm contractually obliged to tell you to like, subscribe, and do all the things that need to happen to keep this YouTube channel afloat. But for those of you OG listeners who download the show, we appreciate you. We love you. Hopefully you continue to do so. That is it for the NASCAR Cup Series bets. We'll see you again for DFS and then, of course, our live call-in show on Friday. So until then, everybody, let's go racing and let it ride.